Hello, everyone. Thank you and welcome to Good News Unspoken. We are here with, I believe it is our fourth podcast, fifth, fourth podcast. Yes, our fourth podcast. And actually, again, this is a uh, parish podcast for the local parish community where we actually get and invite different parishioners on the podcast to tell us their testimony currently right now, uh, which is the Eucharistic Revival. Um, We're super excited again to uh, Fred Casillas is here with me, and uh, Victoria Barco is here as well with me today. Uh, We're going to be talking about the Eucharistic Revival and really kind of hitting on some of these um, uh, heartfelt issues that uh, we as Catholics truly believe, right? Because we really believe that the Eucharist is truly the embodiment and truly Jesus Christ himself. Um, So uh, we know... um, Victoria is also involved with uh, some ministries here. She's going to talk a little bit about that as well, too. Um, but um, we want to, before we get started, we want to be able to open up with prayer as we always do. Uh, yep. And we're going to go and hand it over to you, Fred. You want to open us up with prayer? Okay. All our friends out there, would you join me in doing a sign of the cross in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit? Amen. Amen. And we'll uh, pray to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, by the light of the Holy Spirit, you have taught the hearts of your faithful. In the same spirit, help us to know what is truly right, and always rejoice in your consolation. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son. Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Thank you, Alex, and welcome, Victoria. Yeah, Hello. awesome. Welcome, Victoria. So, um, uh, as we as we get as we're going to kind of get started and asking you some questions before we kind of get started, uh, we want you to um, uh, if you haven't listened to the first podcast, that's the podcast that goes over in depth the Eucharistic revival um, and uh, really kind of hits in on more of these. Uh, uh, topics that we're talking about with uh, the different parishioners. But Victoria, we want to welcome you to the podcast and we want to thank you for being here and taking time out of your day uh, to be able to tell your story about the Eucharist. Oh, thank you for having me. You know, uh, I enjoy being here. Yeah, thank no. You. Awesome, awesome. Um, in fact, uh, uh, my first encounter with Victoria was um, it was my kids and I. We came to Mass here on a, on a Sunday evening um, and we were looking for a parish home community. And Victoria was gracious enough to be very warm and welcoming along with Jerry. Um, and then also Mr. Fred here later. I met him later on um, down the line as well, too. So um, it's very good to have you um, and to see that your, your passion and zeal uh, for the Holy Eucharist uh, really shows through your through your actions and how you treat people and how you're very compassionate with people. So I want to thank you for, for being very warm and welcoming to us. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Good. Yes. I prayed with this uh, lady many times. She's very active in our parish and we're blessed to have her here. I just, I mean, I think she's in everything and she's always with yeah. us. She's a great companion and a wonderfully holy lady i think yeah i i i I would definitely vouch for that as well so i guess uh to start off victoria is um i'm gonna ask you just a really simple question is uh what does the eucharist mean to you um and how does it impact your your daily your daily life i mean um and how do you share it with others so i guess the first question is what does it mean to you what does the eucharist mean to you oh and it means everything to me i mean to have and to know that you know um that is in me, and, and you know, once it's, it's uh, refreshing my soul, you know, that's what it feels like. It's refreshing my soul once it's in, in me. And um, that it, 
he has forgiven me my sins, you know, and it's just, and it makes me want to be going out there and spreading out the, you know, the good news is that's what he wants us to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's just, it feels good just to know that I, I have, that he's in me and want to be, be doing things, you know, through Mary for him, you know, to be out there yeah. and spread the word. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I think that's really. I think it's really awesome. Um, you're involved with the ministry, correct? What ministry are you involved with? Yes, I'm involved with the Legion of Mary, and okay. that's what we do. We go out and uh, give um, the Eucharist to the people that are sick or people that are in the hospital. Or um, that's awesome. Yes, that's real cool. So when, um, so the Eucharist plays a really important role in the Legion of Mary, does it not? Yes. Okay. Um, so you want to explain a little bit how how your ministry uh, revolves around the Eucharist. Like what is it that you do? Um, uh, you, do you have mass? I guess for some for some of your uh, events as well. Do you guys start with mass, or how does that work? Yes, we have um, certain masses as, as uh, we consecrate ourselves um, to the Blessed Mother um, awesome. uh, once a year. You know, we we, we do our promise because uh, this is what we do for our our Lord Jesus. We promise to do uh, our work through Mary for Him, and uh, and then we do um, to. Uh, and mm-hmm. other and and other things that we do that uh, general reunions when we gather together and, and we do um, a mass for for all all the men members you know our our deceased members too also we get get together and you know remember all the people that have done and served uh, the blessed mother and did all her work also too and uh, also so. And, you know, there's um, ladies that have been in the Legion of Mary for at least 60, 60, 70 years since they've been teenagers, mm-hmm. you know, so that's what, um, and we feel that, you know, being in the Legion, it, it's, it helps us out a lot as far as, you know, our health and, and stuff, and it gives us a lot of graces and blessings, you know, to our families and to ourselves. That's awesome. Being in. Victoria, I, I learned the other day that the, the rosary is, a, and I may be wrong, but it's a meditative prayer. How, how does it bring us toward the Eucharist? How does how does the Rosary bring us toward toward Jesus? Bring uh, saying the Rosary is meditating on the the lives of the Jesus, so it brings us more closer to Him and knowing that what uh, He has gone through and, and helps us to uh, bring more knowing the life of Jesus and bring us uh, the people closer to Him by saying what He went through and what. Uh, what we need to do to bring them, you know, the people closer to, to him, and how how to do it to do that, you know, mm-hmm. by um, you know doing uh, the confession and and uh, reconciliation, you mm-hmm. know, to bring to be have our bodies and souls, you know, um, purified to to receive him, you know, closely. So yeah. so I was going to ask you a question. You teach CCD, right? Yes. Okay. So. Um, you do is it first uh, is what what what's the grade level you teach? Third grade, first um third grade. grade yes. First grade. Okay, so that's first communion is that somewhere around there or no? Uh, it's um, first um level before the the communion level. Okay, okay. So um so when uh so when you teach the kids about like so what are some of the things you would you teach the kids when it comes like to the Eucharist um, on that so like how do you explain that cuz that's a very hard thing to explain to kids, right? Cuz you're like for them to see what they see is a they see they call it a cracker or they call it a wafer right and for you to explain to them like that's truly jesus 
how do you help a child understand like something so like deep like that how do you help them to understand uh that that is jesus what how do you explain it to them well i explained uh for the last supper that uh, jesus had give, given us um how he told us that this is the last supper and this is what he's going to leave us with the body and the blood to do it and the memory and this is what we do at mass mm -hmm. um every day and at any anywhere that you go we, we do it and we uh we um so that and then when we do receive it and this is what we say in the word amen because we believe what, what, what Jesus has said, that that's what he had taught us. And mm -hmm. so everything that we say amen for is because we believe in it. And mm -hmm. uh, so, and then we give reverence every time we say the sign of the cross because we believe in the Holy Trinity, mm -hmm. the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit because that's what we believe in. That's awesome. And mm -hmm. then so um, growing up, I mean, I guess you growing up as well, um, did you always believe that the Eucharist was truly Jesus, or is that something that took time for you to really understand growing up? I knew that we, um, as I grew up, I knew that we had to come and receive um, the body of Christ, but yeah. I didn't actually really until I went into a retreat as I grew older, mm -hmm. and um, they brought out uh, the monstrous with Jesus in there, and I felt, you know, something in mm -hmm. there, and that's when I knew that that Jesus was in the monstrous, and then I. I just like wanted to fall into my knees, but I w at that time I had trouble with my knees, and then I was like, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I needed to get some operation on my knees, and then that's, I told the doctors, I don't care what you do, I need to get on my knees, you know, so when I go to church, I want to be on my knees every time the body and the blood of Jesus Christ gets consecrated, the bread and the wine gets consecrated to the body and the blood of yeah. Jesus, so I could be kneeling down, so I could praise him and give reverence to him, because that's what I want to do. Yeah, well, that's that's really cool. So, so your experience with the Eucharist, as far as uh, the Eucharist truly being the body and blood of Christ, was it until you were older, you said, right? Mm -hmm. And you went on retreat. Um, why do you believe that i'm pretty sure you have people in your family you have friends maybe you have nieces nephews maybe grandkids maybe your own kids um maybe even uh relatives that you that are very close to you uh that don't believe the way you believe in the eucharist um uh so knowing that how many people don't have a belief in the eucharist what do you do to kind of show through your love and your compassion and action. I know we're not always perfect, right? We always kind of fall short of God's grace, right? I know you and I have, have had conversations outside of, of mass and things like that. But in regards to that, um, how do you do to try your best to be as saint-like as you can, you know, um, with what God has given you and the graces he's given you? How do you show the body and blood of Christ through your actions out in the world? like with family and friends, how do you bring Christ to them? Or how do you try to bring them to church? Yeah, I, I always invite them. And then especially like when in my birthdays, I always ask them if that's what they... <laughs> as a birthday gift. <laughs> as a birthday gift. As a birthday gift, if they could that's come a, That's a good one, Fred. Yeah. I got to try oh, that God. one. I got to try that one. <laughs> that's good. If they could come with me to my, you know, for my birthday to, to go to mass or something. That's know. that's awesome. You know, that's all I ask them, you know, to come in mass And they come me. to mass with yeah. you? Okay. Yeah, most of the time. Most they of do, the time. Yeah. I mean, they're yeah. there. They're there. But they're there. They might not feel like... But I think that's awesome because the thing is that you're introducing them into 
you're putting them before God, right? Yes. And even if they don't want to be there, it's kind of like if you look at what how the apostles invited people on how when people heard about Jesus and during his time, right, when he mm-hmm. was alive, people would come to see Jesus. There are people that like were there for the miracles and there are other theirs just because they happened to stumble upon him talking and didn't realize that this was the Messiah, right? And I guess in the same sense, you're kind of inviting your family even if they don't want to be there, but they're doing it because they have love for you. Yes. But in that same token, it's you're exposing them to graces, right? You're exposing them to holiness. Yes. And I think that's very beautiful. Well, during the time of Jesus, he used uh, what fishes and yeah. bread. Bread, and, yeah. And at Cana, he used wine. Wine. To bring the people closer. So, yeah. Yeah. You can use a, using your birthday is a good way to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just and just by them asking for prayer, you know, the first thing that they ask, you know, they call us, you know, the Catholic for prayer. So you know, yeah, yeah. that's what I know. You know, we're working. You know, by the first people that ask for prayers, us. You know, that's right. Yeah, they they come to us for prayer. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I, you know, and I always volunteer. Said, okay, I'll pray for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that I think that helps inject the idea of, of Jesus Christ, you know. Yeah, and I think that's really cool. I think the invitation, bringing people to church, is very important. Um, I remember when I first showed up to church, it was your, I believe it was your, your grandkids that were serving on the altar mm-hmm. at the one point, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and I know at one point they're they're getting to an age where they didn't want to, where they're getting a little older, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun for for that little while, and they enjoyed it, but. Um, um, those examples, those things are really good things that you plant the seed, right? And that it's an opportunity. It's the same when we do CCD, right? All right. those, Fred, I know you're a CCD teacher. Victoria, you're a CCD teacher. I'm somewhat of a CCD teacher, I guess. Um, but in no, that, we give you credit. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, okay. okay, okay. <laughs> so, anyways, so with that, with that being said, we it's about planting the seed, right? Just bringing people to Jesus in 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 small ways. Yes. People have this idea that we think we have to bring them in, and this kind of like glorious big event kind of like retreat experience sometimes it's not really always the retreat experience sometimes it's just a small act of love in what you do daily the prayers i know uh legion of mary you guys are always doing rosaries and i think it's uh the exposition of uh, uh, adoration as well too oh yes we did uh, the sacred heart of Ad- uh, adoration this um this past what, two weeks ago two weeks ago yeah yes uh-huh yeah uh, yeah we what was that, that about wasn't... victoria yes yeah, so, so yeah what was that event about what was what, can you describe or explain to us what that is yes um every year um our presidiums we have um nine presidiums and we have uh every year one of the churches um have uh the celebration of the sacred heart okay yes and in our church was uh this year so we have um all of um prayer for a couple of hours in front of the expo exposition so of the Eucharist. Uh, yes, uh, oh, that's Eucharist. awesome. Yes, yeah, so that's what we did uh, this um, year for us at St. John's. That's Do really you cool. rotate every year a different parish, or mm-hmm. how is that done? Yes, uh, last year was um, at Holy um, uh, Holy. <laughs> Holy Jesus! <laughs> but this, this year we were blessed. And this was our yes, year, yes, Saint, Saint our John the Evangelist. Yes, okay, that's great. Cool. Yeah, great. So, so every year it's, just, it's a different parish. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yes, awesome. Uh, that, that belongs to the the Legion of Mary. Then, yes. So I'm not trying trying to be disrespectful, mm-hmm. but do you have to be of a prime older age to be in the Legion of Mary, or can you what? be young? Watch out, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> no, as long, uh, eighteen or older. <laughs> and you're uh, practicing Catholic here okay. in, in your parish. Okay. So, you know, we're uh, 
and, and around 170 countries. Okay. Uh, so we're worldwide inter international. Okay. So um, you, do you have to be a certain age to participate in the Legion of Merit, or you can be any age? Um, 18 and over for the over. seniors. Um, um, presidiums and uh, okay. Legion, but we uh, there's always some other group that have the children's uh, Legion okay. of Merit. So uh, if we have, there's not one in your your parish, they're just always trying to start one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. It's, it's kind of hard, but yeah. we try it and we're always praying for one. Yeah. I know the last time I think we had a, uh, I think it was a, a pastoral council meeting. They mm -hmm. discussed about bringing in a Legion of Mary for the younger ones. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure if that has gone into full uh, into full yet, but our prayer is still that does, that does happen, right? Yes. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. That'd, be, that'd, that'd be, be cool. Great. That'd, that'd be, be great, great to have that um, here at the parish. Um, but... Um, with that note aside, um, I know that family is important and crucial to you. We, we see here at the parish all the time. Uh, we know you lead the rosary uh, for the 7.30 uh, PMS. And, um, and those are, uh, I know, very important uh, parts of your life. They, in, in contributing not only to the parish in that way, but in other ways, just, just through your prayers. Um, and also volunteering for CCD and other things within the parish community. Are there other other ministries that you're involved with other than Legion of Mary or just Legion of Mary? Yeah, no, just the Legion of Mary and then uh, um, and whatever uh, Father needs me. Uh, whenever <laughs> anybody needs me, um, yeah. you know, I'm here for them. You know, that, yeah. uh, my heart goes out for the the church and to do uh, whatever you know I'm able to do. That's awesome. I've That's heard you lecture. You're you're a great lecturer, right? Don't you oh, lecture? Oh yes. <laughs> uh, and you're a CCD instructor. Yeah. You do a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. Thank God for that. So that's really awesome. So, um, so when you um, do um, Eucharist or um, or Eucharistic adoration, um, what is your ultimate um, goal? when you when you're when you're doing eucharistic adoration is the goal um for is it is it building a stronger relationship or is it building um maybe um uh strengthening your prayer life or is it all of the above um what is why is the Euchar why is eucharistic adoration and why is the eucharist so important as a part of your life in that aspect why why do you why do you focus a lot on the eucharist in your in your prayer life and and things that you do oh it gets me um closer and gets me uh helps me out with uh, the family life that i have and you know with all the problems that i have and it gets mm -hmm. me to know that you know everything's going to be okay you know knowing that jesus is with me and you know he's gonna he's around me and just knowing that he's he's there with me wherever i go and and it just it just gives me comfort to know that uh He's there uh, whenever I want to, mm -hmm. to be there to, uh, to talk to him, you know, one-on-one, uh, -on -one, you know, just like, it, it just, um, it just feels so warm, the warmth in, 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 my, in my body that feels That's awesome. comfort. So in the, in the times, I know you say like when you go through trials and hard times and things like that, um, you know, or well, I think we all know, I think we, we've all been in a, in a situation where there are times we feel completely alone, right? Like there's no one around. Um, we reach out to even sisters in Christ, brothers in Christ, and we know they have families, they have lives, right? Um, and even in those moments, we feel like maybe people are not responding or something's not happening. Um, 
what would you say to individuals that feel alone um, and don't realize that there is someone there um, in our church always, 24 hours a day, seven, uh, seven days a week, 365 days out of the year, and he's in, our, he's in the tabernacle, right? Um, what would you say to individuals that are experiencing that moment of loneliness um, in their life that or have experienced it? How would you explain to them that they're not alone um, in that situation with the knowledge you have mm-hmm. of the Eucharist, that Jesus is present in the Eucharist? Well, I've, I've told in, uh, uh, some of my family members, too, you know, that they, if they ever needed to speak to Jesus, that Jesus is always there. And even if they need me to take them, you know, to go speak to Jesus, that I would, you know, offer myself to go take them, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, because Jesus is not just when you go to church on Sundays; He's there all the time, yeah. you know. Um, so they're like, really? I'm like, yes, Jesus is always there. You know, you might not think so, but He is. You just gotta believe and know in your heart that He is there, and um, so that's why, you know, they think about it, you know, but and they never took enough to be offered, but. Uh, I've always offered them to them because they know, and I took them once or twice, and, and they feel different when they do come. But yeah. yeah. And, and the thing yeah. is, it's it's the invitation, right? Yes. That's the important uh-huh. thing, that you do invite them. And even if they don't take the invitation, at least you're offering the opportunity for them to go. Yes. That they can't make an excuse not to go yes. in that situation. But um, I, I think ultimately um, the, the Eucharist in its entirety is 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 more than what people uh kind of think in their own minds of what they think the eucharist is uh because it's something that most people can't explain right you can't people want to know well how does it truly become the body of christ like when does it happen well we know when it happens in the mass but the point is is that no one can truly explain the transformation transfiguration other than the power of the holy spirit right Mm -hmm. Uh, that it's truly God uh, becoming uh, becoming the body and blood within the Eucharist. It's it's together. It's the whole idea of togetherness. It's the divinity um, together with divine together with uh, the body and blood of Christ. Yes. So, and I think those are very important things that we we look at. Um, but like, um, so when it comes to the um, Holy Eucharist and in, in general. Um, um, how do you let people know that the the body and blood um, that it's uh, that it's Jesus Himself? But how do you show them to be kind of like like this is Christ? Like we need to be reverent to this to to the, to the Eucharist. Is that something you like? teaching your grandkids, you know, teaching them to bow in front of the tabernacle, teaching them how to receive communion. Um, why is that so important? Why is the reverence so important? Like um, being like respectful before the Eucharist. What, why do you, why do you do it is what I'm asking you. Oh, now what does the church teach on it? But why do you do it? <laughs> oh, because I, I do. I, I mean, uh, I have to give reverence to, to our Lord Jesus. I mean, just passing through the altar and then, just when um, after it's consecrated, uh, you know, to the body and the blood of Jesus, and then when I, I for some reason, uh, I noticed that when Jesus was inside the tabernacle, and then after he takes it out, and we sing the Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world, that's actually already 
Jesus already in there and he's getting taken out and people are just singing you know mm-hmm. that song but they're not actually knowing it and then I don't know one day I felt it and then it's like that is Jesus he's coming mm-hmm. out already yeah. joining the rest of the body of him and that's why I'm that's why I'm like oh, you know Lamb of God you're taking away the sins of the world mm-hmm. you know have mercy in us you know mm-hmm. you know that's why I'm like I tell my kids when they go to the altar or something, they need to give reference, you know, mm-hmm. or when they're talking or something, like, no, sh- be quiet. This is the time that we need to be quiet. Jesus is getting yeah. consecrated, you know? Yeah. You know, that's what I tell them, and then they do believe in it. And then I tell my grandkids, my children, that, you know, when they, they hadn't made my uh, grandkids, hadn't made their communion yet, and I told them, you know, you know, you're depriving my grandkids to receive the body and the blood of Jesus Christ because mm-hmm. they can't go to church by themselves. You need to take the uh, yeah. take the time to let them do the communion and bring them to church so they could receive uh, Jesus. You know. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think those are those are very, and I think that's what kind of Father John always talks about. It's the parents' responsibility to bring them, but sometimes um, we live in a world right now where a lot of uh, the kids, it's okay. A lot of the kids um, in uh, the kids that were your kids uh, growing up are now adults. Now they're in a point where either they've kind of veered away from faith, um, have traveled a different direction um, for whatever apparent reason that might be, um, whether it's influence of society or influence of science or influence of whatever's out there, right? So we know that they're. The influence is always kind of press, pressing up against y'all, y'all's kids as well, too. My kids, who are obviously a, little, a lot younger, um, I have a responsibility to my children to raise them and help them to understand the faith as much as possible. Now, even me teaching them, there's no 100% guarantee that they won't veer off in the wrong direction, even being homeschooled. There's no guarantee, right, mm-hmm. that your that your child will be protected from um, the influences or the the evils of the world or whatever's out there you know I think uh, I'm bouncing off of what you two good folks are saying mm-hmm. is um, they we have to lead by example because people are watching people that are just a few years old and people that are uh, up in their 80s and 90s they're watching other people and how they respond and how they act mm-hmm. and if if we the you know the, the faithful don't treat uh that the presence of god in that tabernacle with extreme reverence due to the divinity of god in that tabernacle they see that we're just chatting and and carrying on that we don't uh, either bow to the uh, the presence in the tabernacle or or genuflect or or make that the focus of our presence in church people watch yeah and uh and people criticize and and they learn especially if they're young that well if if we as older people that work in the ministries of Jesus if we don't show reference to that tabernacle they're going to think well you know they're not really that reverent they're acting just like they were out at a market somewhere talking mm-hmm. and chatting and carrying on yeah people watch and people learn and 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 rightfully so because that is God in there we owe him that that reverence that divinity re- uh, deserves from us you know his and, children and i think you make a very good point victoria when you talk about teaching how you taught your your grandkids and that you, they were that you your uh, your kids are depriving your grandkids from receiving the body of christ and 
And I think that's something every grandparent should fight for. Uh, and at least that, if mm-hmm. anything, right? Because you're giving your grandchild an opportunity uh, to make a choice now. Now they can choose to go to church and if they want, and if when they're able to drive themselves, now they have access to the graces, right? Yeah. They have access to confession. They have access to communion. And even if, let's say, they didn't get as far as going to confirm, getting confirmed, but at least they have access to those two first sacraments that are very important as far as receiving and having this relationship with, with Christ. Um, and uh, when we as adults um, don't help our children to fully understand that God is essential in their lives and that God plays an important role in what they do, it makes it very hard for, um, for kids when they get older to see the importance and value of God in their life. In spite of how much we educate them, yeah. they're going to have through God's love is free will. Yep. And unfortunately or fortunately, they're going to have, they're going to have to make the decision. Yep. Uh, what are they going to do with all this education that we've given them? Yeah. They have free will and we saw what free will does all the way from Adam, Adam and, and Eve, Eve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. to us personally. Mm-hmm. Free will's always there, so yeah, and we do our best. And and I know you've mentioned before some some things that uh, in your own personal life that have been trialed and, and tribulations in your own life, and what you try to do to face those issues through prayer. And that I know you always say, "I'm always praying, I'm always praying," um, you know, uh, and you try approaching things with kindness and love. Uh, but like we all know, I mean, Fred, you and I, we're all human beings. Um, there's times where our patience runs short, right? We get frustrated, we get upset, we get angry because we're human, right? That's the human nature of who we are. Um, but that's also what helps us to become better saints is by learning from our, our errors um, and our mistakes and trying to correct them. So with that being said, um, I kind of want to uh, leave uh, with you kind of saying, what are some words of uh, encouragement that you would give maybe grandmothers or mothers or individuals that say, you know what, my grandchild, I want my grandchild to have sacraments. I would like my grandchild to be confirmed or, but my own kid doesn't want to take them to church. How have you overcome some of those small barriers and what was some of the things you did so that you could um, help ease, make it easier uh, for you to bring your grandchildren to church or for you to bring them so they can receive their sacraments. What are some, what's some advice you can give to grandparents that are looking to get um, their grandchild to receive mm-hmm. the sacraments, and be, but their child won't let them? What would you, what, what would be your advice <laughs> in that situation? Because I know you've been through that, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I had told them, you know, they wouldn't have brought them, you know, that I would have brought them myself, you, uh-huh. know, you know, in one way. But, you know, I tell them, you know, you know, the day that I'm not going to be here in this earth, you know, I'm not going to be leaving them any kind of uh, legacy, you know, of any riches, you know, and that's, that's, that's the rich thing that I'm going to leave them is, you know, the church life, my, the Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. and, and to receive communion and, and to be part of um, the, uh, the life of Jesus. That's what I want uh, to leave them to know, so they could know Jesus. Uh, so I could see them one day when I die, I want to see them up in heaven with me. And so that's why, you know, I give, tell them, you know, you, you need to bring them up, you know, to do their sacraments and come. And if they can't, you know, 
I'll tell them I'll, if I, you can't do it, I'll be able to do it until you know until you're able to do it or you know. A big part of your legacy, yes. uh, Victoria, will be that you went to church, you loved God and mm -hmm. the Blessed Mother, and they'll never forget that because that's that's going to be your legacy. It's a big thing. Yeah, in fact, um, if anything, in the Jewish tradition, they would pass down these tassels to each other in the Jewish faith, and these tassels were considered uh, their. It was a, a passing of their uh, of their faith. So, um, in the movie that in the uh, uh, what I liked about a certain scene in the Chosen is Matthew uh, meets this gentleman who is a Jewish father trying to clear the depth of his son. Right, his son has this massive depth, like crazy depth. And he comes and says, I'm here to square away my son's debt. Very sounds very similar to what Jesus did for us, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. So he comes in and he says, I'm here to square away my son's debt. And Matthew, the tax collector and the chosen, tells him, Well, what do you have of value? Do you have any gold? Do you have any diamonds? He goes, No, but I but he goes, but I have my faith. So he comes here to talk to Ralph Matthew about his faith. And so the scene kind of ends with the gentleman giving him a tassel and the tassel is actually their lineage of their faith oh. and it's a value to this gentleman he's not even giving it to his son he's giving it to matthew and Ma and what he tells matthew he says this is the most valuable thing that i have and he goes well you have all these precious gems on it and all these amazing stuff on it why don't you sell he goes no i'm giving it to you so instead of coming to clear his son's debt with a tassel, he ends up giving the tassel to Matthew as a way of passing down his faith, the tradition, mm -hmm. the church, right? So I think it's a very beautiful thing, kind of like what you're doing with your grandchildren. So the legacy you're going to have won't be the fact that you're a Jeff Bezos, right? Mm -hmm. Leaving a billion dollars for your yeah. grandchildren. But the most richest gift you can ever leave your children is the keys and the access to the to 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 getting into the gates in the kingdom of heaven to be able to have mm. that access right and you're giving him those graces through reconciliation through confession through the eucharist maybe your maybe your favorite rosary I yeah bet, i bet you have a and they're going to want abuelita's favorite, favorite rosary, rosary. Yeah. Heirloom, right? so something that they'll look at as far as the faith goes they'll see the fruits of your faith and 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 I think so too often people look at the fruits and successes of like look how wealthy this person was look how many houses this person had and it's kind of crazy because in the chosen Jesus talks about I don't just come for the wealthy I come for the poor right I go I come for the I come for the poor um, and this whole idea of um, leaving all your riches and everything behind no millionaire is going to want to do that every asset every investment they've made in their life that those are hard things to lose but the one thing i think that's even harder to lose is your is the faith and those who know it like the way you do victoria i think it's a very beautiful thing and i think your your story is a good testament and a story to that of what how grandparents that might feel there's no hope right there's no hope my, my child doesn't want to take my grandchild to go get the sacraments but your willingness and your passion and your love, um, and your your um, your 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 fearlessness, right? And 
and it's not being like in a way where you're being mean, be like, I'm going to kidnap my own grandchildren and take them, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I know sometimes grandparents might feel like they need to do you. that. We could do that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you guys, you know, but I think in the, in the same sense, but, um, you know, I, I, I feel that a lot of the grandparents today feel this very dire need for their grandchildren to have access to this graces, to, oh, these, to the it's faith, big, right? It's, it's important. Um, and for whatever reason, the the millennials and the adults, which are my age group, right, don't see the importance and value of that, um, or they don't find it as primary importance. They see it as like, well, faith should be something we revolve, like our the faith revolves around our life. We don't our life doesn't revolve around the faith. Well, I'll I'll tell you, me as a uh, as a great grandfather and mm -hmm. Evelyn as a grandmother, great grandmother also. Mm -hmm. Uh, we look at the way the world is going now, mm -hmm. and we often uh, talk and we reference that. What what kind of world are we leave, uh, leaving to our, I yeah. think, our youngest so far is a five-month-old. Uh, what kind of world are we yeah. leaving for this great-grandchild? You know, how's, so uh, how's society going to be? What, what's our culture going to be? Yeah. Uh, people are advocating all uh, perversion. Yeah. Uh, 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 the abortion issue is just... It's just wild and crazy. It's yeah. and I, I shudder to think of what we're leaving our children. And well, at least and the one thing you can uh, leave them is the church's teaching, right? The, the faith, teaching. Yes. and you can you can leave them that at least. Yes, and at least if you can instantly the way you have Victoria with your grand with your grandchildren, I think there's hope. There's hope, and I think grandparents are giving our kids of today's culture and generation hope. For that future, right? I use I use the rosary. I think uh, yeah. Mrs. Barco's greatest uh, uh, weapon. I use it frequently mm -hmm. now. The rosary. Yeah. And I love bringing the Blessed Mother into the into the equation. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm, I know Victoria will attest to that. The uh, I wonder how. Victoria, how many rosaries do you think you pray in a month? I'm just curious. <laughs> in a 30-day period, how many rosaries do you think you pray? Uh, Approximately 30 maybe days. Maybe 40, 50. 40 50. or 50, yeah. And I think that's conservative. That's and especially correct. with the Legion of Mary, you guys yeah. are constantly praying. And, and, you and the beauty of it is that you include the world, you include our parish, you include everybody in that in that prayer of the rosary and that's that's such a beautiful thing you all do so for yes. someone that doesn't pray it often um and we'll close with this so if someone doesn't pray the rosary often and maybe is scared to pray it uh what would you how would you advise them or encourage them to pray because there's some people that pray it with others but they never pray it themselves mm -hmm. but they're they might know how to go through it, but they don't know how to read the material or how to pray the rosary correctly i mean is there like a perfect way to pray the rosary or is it just you pray the rosary the yeah. best way you can how does that work yeah even just uh if one doesn't know the mysteries uh yeah. just by saying the our father and the hail mary as many times as you can okay um during throughout the day that's and that it's helps enough a lot. Okay. yes do you have any favorite mysteries the, the glorious or the sorrowful which ones turn your light on which one do you like any all of them or yes all of them yes I love all of them. It's just all the life of the, the Blessed Mother and Jesus um, put together, you know. Mm -hmm. And it just knowing that, you know, what the Blessed Mother went through, you know, to see her son get um, crucified and, you know, the, the pain that she went through and she had to stay behind and just to see that, that she went through, you know, yeah. uh, discouraging him. Uh, I guess the... 
that uh, that really hurts the most, you know, when. Uh, it goes from the from the crucifixion, which the Blessed Mother was intimately involved in, mm-hmm. all the way to her uh, coronation. Yes. Uh, what a beautiful journey! Yeah, yeah. and beautiful. the limits of all the works that he did when he got baptized, got resurrected. I mean, you know, and the wedding, and the first miracle that uh, the Blessed Mother helped him out. You know, the luminous. Uh, and then in the in the institute of the Eucharist and the, the proclamation of the kingdom and yeah you know and that's the institute awesome. of the Eucharist yeah so that's you cover all of all of Holy Scripture I think uh, not all but a lot of Holy Scriptures involved mm-hmm. in the saying of the Rosary yeah because you got the joyful mystery in the beginning of his life and and then you got your uh, the glorious and you got the luminous and in the mm-hmm. and the sorrowful mystery when you. So that your grandkids or uh, anyone in your family ever tell you to, like, you pray too much. You need to stop praying. <laughs> <laughs> you pray for us too much. Things are happening. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. He's like, I know you prayed for this, Grandma. I know you prayed for this, and now I can't do this because you prayed for this to happen. <laughs> you know, yeah. but I think it's uh, sometimes we, we see them the, the, good, the good blessings that come out of prayer. Yes, so, but yes, uh, uh-huh. I know those are, those are things. So does anyone ever tell you you pray a lot or no? Yes. <laughs> Do you get that often? I go to church too much. You go to church too much? <laughs> yeah, I know I joke around with Victoria. I always tell Victoria, I go, Victoria, we're going to have to build a back room somewhere here for yeah. you here so you can spend the night right next to the Lord. The Victoria oh, yeah. Michael room. That's, yeah. a, that's a good thing. Yeah, sometimes I'm almost the last one to go out the door and they're going to, we're yeah. going to lock you up in here and go ahead. Yeah. Be in here and out in the world. Yeah, you got to rather be in here. Uh, in, we're right next Beautiful. to the Lord. Um, Amen. Well, Victoria, Amen. I want to thank you for uh, joining us today and appreciate your story and your testimony. No, thank you. Testimony. I enjoyed it. Thank you. It thank you. It was a blessing to be here. No, absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. And uh, we want you to obviously pray for this podcast, include this as part of your rosary. Definitely. It's, an, it's another thing on, on your list to pray for, right? So, yes. <laughs> say a rosary for us. Yeah, say a rosary oh, yes. for us. 17. Uh, and then we want to. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, but um, so, if Fred, you want to lead us up with some prayer, and then yeah. I'll go ahead and close up the podcast. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Dear Jesus, we thank you for your love, your mercy, your companionship, and our time here on earth. We know that you are with us, Jesus. Thank you for the ministry of uh, Victoria Barco and Alex Pacheco for what they do, Lord. We love you. We know that you're with us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Father, Father, Son, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Awesome. We want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast, and we want to thank you um, for um, taking some time out of your out of your day uh, with whatever you're doing, whether it's washing dishes or if you're uh, sitting there mowing the lawn. I don't know what you're doing right now, but we want to uh, we're going to continue to or sleeping and listening <laughs> to it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but we want to thank you for listening to the podcast. And again, remember that we do have the first podcast, the, the first episode you can listen to with Fred. Uh, Casillas talking about the Eucharistic Revival. It's a really good podcast. Um, talks about uh, what what that's all about, what Eucharistic Revival is all about. Um, but we hope that you guys continue to listen to um, our, the the episodes that are coming out, and that you continue to be blessed in everything that we're uh, uh, everything that's been uh, spoken and said here on Good News Unspoken. Um, if you have any questions for us, uh, please don't hesitate to 
um, either contact us through the parish email. Uh, you can also, uh, there's comment section on the bottom of the podcast so you can comment below um, for any questions you might have. Uh, I do take a look at, the, look at those daily. Um, but we ask you to continue to pray for us all the time and that you continue to be able uh, to not only pray for us, but pray for the parish as well too. Um, next week, we'll have some amazing, more information to talk about. Fred, thank you so much for being with me. God bless you. Thank All you right. for having me here. Good night, good evening, good morning, uh, good afternoon, wherever you're at, whatever time of the day it is, God bless all of you. Thank you. Thank you.